Good morning, church family. I'm glad you've chosen to worship today. Would you stand as we sing together, Forever God is Faithful. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. For he is good, he is above all things. His love endures you join me in prayer father thank you so much that we can come to you because our hope and our strength and our life is in you there is nothing beyond except hopelessness 
So, Father, we thank you. Thank you for giving us hope and life and strength. And, Father, on this Mother's Day, as we celebrate mothers but also women, as they have influenced our lives and, Father, this world throughout history. So we thank you. Thank you for your foresight. Thank you for investing. And God, I pray that today will be a day that all of us join together in worship and praise, lifting our voices to give you the glory that only you deserve. And Father, let this be a day that we join together no matter what's going on in the world around us, this is a place that we can be. The place that we can experience your peace, not the world's peace. And God, I pray that today you'll give us that understanding. And we'll be open, listening, sensitive to your spirit. And in all things, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Well, Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, I tell you what, we are celebrating today our mothers, and not only our mothers, but every single lady. And at the end of the service, we're going to express that in some tangible way, and I know that you'll be so excited, ladies. Guys, you'll have to wait. But, uh, but ladies, you, as you head out, we will look forward to that. And I, I think in my own life, the influence, not only of my mom. Uh, my mom influenced this tie. Some of you have stopped me to look at that it's an I love Lucy tie because I know you can't see it how many of you ever watched that show yeah it's one you can actually turn on and watch today <laughs> my mom it was her favorite show she would set me on her knee when I was little and we would just watch that all the way into grade school in fact I remember in fifth grade I was always late running to school because I love Lucy ended at 8 like 29 and school started at 8.30, and I was always, always late. I'm not sure my teacher was, was very impressed. There's another lady by the name of Onita Kaysen. When I was in seminary, I went to serve as a part-time music and youth person at a little country church just outside of Tyler, Texas. And boys, and Onita Kaysen took me in. She was just like a, uh, a mother figure to me. I'd, I'd bring my, home, my, my laundry over to their place when I, uh, when I uh, was there on the weekends, and she'd wash it all for me. I thought that was great. I actually got home-cooked meals. The 19 months I was there, about 125 miles east of where I was going to, to seminary, uh, she just took care of me. And I tell you what, she had a great influence, great wisdom. She could sit down and talk with her about anything. Another woman who influenced my life forever and we are deeply appreciative so today we honor not only our mothers but the ladies in our congregation that invest in so many others not only their own children and grandchildren but so many others with that nurturing capability that God has given you so we thank you for that if today is the very first Sunday for you or you've never filled out one of our guest cards we'd love for you to take the card in the pew in front of you fill it out in its entirety and when you leave just drop it in one of the offering boxes and we would certainly appreciate that I believe we're going to continue our time of worship so please join together and let's give God the glory have faith in God when your pathway is lonely have faith in God he's on his throne let's see Have faith in God. 
certain that God will make a way. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. Let us pray. Precious Heavenly Father, Abba Father, Lord, we just thank you for all that you provide for us. We only need to have faith in you, Lord, and we only need to believe in you. Lord, it's so simple. It's a simple gift that you've given us, and we ask that this gift would be, that we would shed this, show this gift to others. And Lord, let us remember Mother's Day today also. But Lord, most of all, I just pray for those who are here that may not know you, that they would come forward and take this free gift of faith 
what Jesus said to those that were about him. You see me, but imagine those that have faith that have never, that have never seen me have faith. So, Lord, we're just asking that this faith would be shared upon us. And, Lord, we just ask these names, things in your name. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Probably a hymn that you learned from your mom or another lady who had a great influence on your life. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Let's sing it. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones do. you with the love of the Lord, I can see in you the glory of my King, 
and I love you with the love of the Lord. What a tribute that would be to a godly mom or a godly lady in your life. Would you stand as we sing together? <clears throat> I love you with the love of the Lord. Yes, I love you with the love of the Lord. I can see Our scripture passage this morning is taken from the Gospel of Mark, the fifth chapter, beginning with verse 24 and then continuing through verse 34. The incident I'm about to share with you occurs as Jairus has approached Jesus to come to his house because his daughter is dying. Jesus is responding, and the reading begins in the middle verse 24. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And when a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, she'd suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and she touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was free from her suffering. 
at once. Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? <laughs> you see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet. And trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. May our faith increase as the result of this woman's experience because this is the word of the Lord.
Father, our prayer is that you would do just that. That you would guide us with your grace to a place that we're safe. And that is resting in your arms. And Father, as we look at our passage today, I pray that you would give us understanding that in the times of suffering in our lives and the times of difficulty that Jesus is there. But we must reach out in faith and touch him. So this morning, give us insight. In Jesus' name, amen. November 13th, uh, night, uh, 2019, I received a phone call as I was leaving an ABC meeting one morning. It's on Wednesday morning. It was a call from my daughter who lived in Florida at the time. And she said, Dad, I have just tremendous pain. And I'm trying to decide whether or not to go to the emergency room. And I wonder what you think about that. Well, Sarah was on her second round of IVF uh, treatments. And the first had failed. And the second treatment that she was on resulted in a ectoptic fallopian, I'm sorry, I have that wrong, fallopian pregnancy. And in that time, the pain that she was experiencing was right in that area. So I told her, yeah, I'd get there as quick as you possibly can. It's a little bitty hospital in a little bitty town in Florida. Immediately, we began sending the prayer request to our prayer warriors here. Some of you were there at the time, and you remember. And you were praying intently through the day as she went to the emergency room at Putnam Hospital. ER doctor began to check her, and um, as they began to check things, he felt a little uneasy about what was going on. So he called the IVF treatment center that she was going to in Jacksonville, Florida, talked to the doctor on call there, and the doctor said, you know, um, we, we just saw her this past week. Everything seems to be okay. I would just give her some pain medicine and send her home. And so the doctor in the ER thought about that for a while, and he just still felt uneasy. And so he called the only OBGYN in that community, asked him to come in and check things out. And so he came in, and within 10 minutes, he, uh, he had her in surgery. And as they went in and did this exploratory surgery, they found that uh, that, that uh, pregnancy in the fallopian tube had burst, and she was bleeding. And he got everything taken care of. But he said, you know, Sarah, if the ER doctor had sent you home with some pain medicine, you would have died. The bleeding was so profuse. When I come to this story, this event that happened, as Jesus was ministering in the community, it rings a little louder for me. It gives me a, a, an understanding that 
as the body of Christ here, we were praying, we were, we were pleading with God, and we were touching the Lord Jesus Christ in our intercession. One of Debbie's friends who lives in Jacksonville, whose daughter had given birth a year earlier and a few months, died because of internal bleeding after the pregnancy. And she drove from Jacksonville down to be with our daughter when Deb couldn't be there. And there was somebody who knew and who understood who was there to encourage and to pray. I believe that this passage of scripture tells us that there is more than one way to touch the Lord. Some touch him superficially. You see, he, he always draws a crowd, not only in the pages of Scripture, but when people talk about him here, he always draws a crowd. And in that crowd, there are some who touch him inadvertently, and there are some who touch him out of mere curiosity. But Jesus does not release his power to the merely curious, those who are just looking at him, wondering about him. There is a personal touch that does contact the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that touch recognizes personal hopelessness and therefore rests everything on his power to make them whole. And that's very different than just wondering, investigating about the power of Jesus. Out of the suffocating crush of the crowd, this woman in our passage, she touched Jesus. He was on his way to help somebody else, as he always is, yet he stopped. And I think this woman teaches us much. She took the initiative. There was a sense of hopelessness about her condition. And when she heard about Jesus, she said, I have got to go to him. I've got to at least touch his garment. We can stop Jesus with a touch of faith and be healed ourselves. In this passage, we understand that you can touch Jesus in a hopeless condition. As Dr. Hornaker read in verses 24 through 26, it said, A large crowd followed and pressed on him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors, and had spent all that she had. And instead of getting better, she got worse. Sometimes it seems like long-term problems appear to defy solution. They bring discouragement because they drag on and on and on. And sometimes we just say, throw our hands up, said that's just the way it's going to be. But this woman teaches us 
that we can touch Jesus with our perpetual problems, those that consistently are there before us. This woman had endured 12 years of personal difficulty, and because of the culture she lived in in that day, she kept it hidden as best she possibly could. Her loss of lifeblood may have been constant or it may have been intermittent. And you can only imagine if it were intermittent that there would be that time that the bleeding would stop and she'd say, oh, this is the time. It's, it's all, all over. There was excitement only to be dashed again because it would start at some point. We can't be certain of what this exactly was other than it was always a threat and wore her down. It wasted her health, her wealth, and rendered her socially an outcast in some circles of the day. She also teaches us that we can touch Jesus with our painful problems, our perpetual problems and our painful problems. <coughs> this woman suffered many different things, uh, even, even from those who were supposed to be trying to help her. She suffered physically, she suffered emotionally, she suffered economically. She spent everything that she had looking for help, searching for answers, trying to find something out there that would stick and would help. Now, some of you know what it's like to try everything available to bring about spiritual peace or physical well-being or emotional relief, and yet you seem to come into a dead end every time. This woman, she helps us understand that no matter how long problems continue, and no matter how painful it is, you can still touch Jesus. And she also says that we can touch Jesus with our pointless problems. In all of her trying, and I emphasize that term, her trying, she was not helped even at one point. In fact, things only got worse for her instead of better, no matter what she tried, who she turned to in her circle. The very effort exhausted her and complicated her condition. I wonder, can you identify with her? Are there times in your life or things in your life that seem to be just pointless to try anything else? Do they just seem to try to go on and on and on? Do they seem to be painful? Have you tried everything that you know? How about in the spiritual realm? <coughs> Many fight long-term battles with stubbornness. Long-term battles being relentless. Long-term battles in the midst of weakness. 
long-term battles with temptations and passions and obsessions and fears and anxieties and guilt. And we battle them. And we try to do them on our own. And we try to fight them ourselves. And it seems that, that the more we try to fight ourselves, that the worse we get, the harder it becomes. Every direction that we turn. Some of those people suffer pain through mental anguish internally, and yet they have to always act normally around everybody else. And I wonder, on Sunday mornings when we come together, we put on our church faces, but down underneath, how much pain, how much difficulty do we go through? You see... As Christians, we fight a spiritual warfare of darkness constantly. And it comes in a lot of different ways. And sometimes we just want to throw our hands up and say it's all pointless. Because no no matter how much personal resolution or how many friends that we counsel with, or how many religious activities we're engaged in, nothing changes. But listen, you can approach and touch Jesus from this very situation when you seem to feel like all is lost, even though you put a smile on your face. This passage tells us that you can touch Jesus with sufficient but imperfect faith. Look at verses 27 and 28. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. This teaches us that you can touch Jesus with imperfect faith. Sometimes we believe that the only way that we can approach Jesus is if we have perfect faith. The only thing he requires is to feel your need of him. This woman's faith was inadequate because it was both silent and it was superstitious. She thought that she could come secretly behind Jesus in the midst of the crowd and he would never know that anything happened if she just touched his robe. Scripture tells us, though, that faith must confess him. We must acknowledge him, who he is. Her faith was superstitious. Some of us have superstitions we don't even know we have she actually touched the hem of his garment thinking that his personal power charged the garments with some kind of magical potency that if she just touched the robe the power of the man would fill the garment
And yet we find that with both this desire for secrecy and this superstition, Jesus did honor her faith of the action of touching out because she believed he had the power. We cannot wait for more knowledge or perfect understanding or more theological insight before we come to him. We can't just sit around saying, gosh, I wish I had some kind of clue of how, how to be healed spiritually, how to get this burden off of me, how to win this spiritual battle. But the best faith is imperfect. It's not perfect faith. It's the perfect object, the Lord Jesus Christ, that makes one whole. It's all Him. And we have to take action and trust Him and believe in Him. Also, it teaches that we can touch Jesus with an imperfect but sufficient faith. We must come to him with the personal determination that drives us. The woman said in verse 28, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. While she's had some imperfect faith she also had sufficient faith to know that if she could just touch him a driving force a determination to say he is the one that can do this the woman did believe in the personal power of jesus she believed that it came from the robe when in reality what she came to believe is that it came in the person who had an interest in her. And so it was imperfect to begin with, but she came to believe that Jesus was the one. He's the one with the power. And not only with the power, but what we find in this passage is that he had an interest for her. He cared about her. Even though when he was calling out, who touched me? And she came and trembled in fear. There was no need for fear. Because he touched her. Just like he was going to touch Jairus' daughter. You might think that he doesn't know who you are very well. Or maybe what you're going through. But I want you to know he knows everything about you. And he has a heart for you. And he cares for you. No matter what your situation is. No matter how you might smile today. But inside there is this kind of pain. He wants you to know that <clears throat> he sees you. And he's there for you. The whole of the gospel, I believe, can be summed up in the desire to touch Jesus and to be made whole and complete. 
When we go to the world to communicate the gospel of Christ, it's that idea, that understanding that Jesus wants to make every single person who is separate from him, who is suffering spiritually, that he would be the one that gives hope to the hopeless. And he sees them. And he cares for them. This also teaches an imperfect but sufficient faith is rewarded. Immediately, the Bible says, when she touched the hem of his garment, the woman was well. She was healed. That flow of blood stopped immediately. But not only that, the scripture says that she was made well in her feeling. In verse 29, she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. It might have been inadequate faith, imperfect faith, but it was sufficient. And I think that's something for us to take home. The scripture tells us that before we came to know Christ, we were his enemies. We couldn't work our way up to be acceptable to God. He already loved us unconditionally, completely. We couldn't work hard enough for him to say, oh, okay, I'll, you're at the level now. I'm going to take you into my kingdom. We were his enemies. He loved us. And he put his arms around us. And like a loving mother, joyful, prideful father, he holds us close because he loves us. So she was not only well, but she knew she was well. And spiritually, I want you to know that you're well. I don't want you to wonder. I don't want you to think, gosh, you know, I've been involved in church, or I, I, I do my devotions, I, I pray, I, I do all of these things, and I, I just hope it's enough. That's not what we need. We need to know and feel, know without a doubt that we're right with God, that we have the peace of God. And the Bible says that there, she knew it. She felt it, and she knew it. And when you're right with God, you know it. Even though your faith may be imperfect. She knew that she was not only healed from the symptoms of her bleeding, but that she was healed from the disease that caused it. Jesus not only wants you to be spiritually whole, but he wants you to know it. To know that the threatening failure of yesterday is never going to return again. That you are right with him. And you have the peace of God in you. He says, the writer of John says that you, I write these things that you might know that you have eternal life. And it's that word know with an intimacy. It, it means to know without a doubt. And that's exactly what happened to this woman. When she touched the hem of his garment, even with imperfect faith, it was sufficient. And immediately she was healed. And she didn't have to wonder, gosh, I wonder if this is going to come back. I, I, I wonder if, 
I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. It was solidified. She knew it. And when we walk with God like that, we should know it. The last thing I want to touch on in this passage is that Jesus responds to a believing touch. In verses 30 through 34, listen to some of the, the dialogue. At once Jesus realized power had gone out of him. And he turned around to the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? The disciples said, you see the people gathering all around you, and yet you ask, who touched me? The disciples were still learning. They were still trying to understand, just like you and me. Some of us have been believers for a long, long time, and we're still trying to understand. <laughs> but Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Can you imagine that scene? All of this crowd, and Jesus stops. They're all there for him. And he stops, and they stop. And he turns around and asks the crowd, and he begins looking at everyone. Looking. Here's this spiritual rabbi, this prophet of God, who some even at that time believed was the Messiah. And he was looking. And if you were in that crowd, you'd think, gosh, I wonder, wonder what he's going to do next. And the scripture goes on to say, then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, what had happened? She was healed completely, and she knew it, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace, shalom, and be freed from your suffering. We know that Jesus is so filled with power to make whole that any touch of personal faith is powerfully rewarded. And that's not just for those involved in Mark 5. It relates to you as well. If Jesus is the one who is so powerful to make a person whole, spiritually whole, then any personal touch of faith will be rewarded powerfully. So we've got to understand the difference between a superficial touch and a meaningful touch because I believe that there are a lot of people that go to church in our nation and they're there to engage superficially and the only way that I come up with that thought is that I don't have any great insight other than if believers in Christ like the disciples of old who turned the world upside down, we would be doing a greater effort if we were sold and whole and completely engaged in trying to be the light and the compassion to this world. And we'd be making a greater difference across this nation.
There's always a crowd at church around the name of Jesus. Even though they say that since COVID, church attendance across the country is down, still, when we come together, we're gathered around the name of Jesus. But simply touching the church building or the pews or the activities or the traditions and not touching the Lord Jesus Christ himself, that is a problem. If you're here just to feel good, if you heal because, man, we look like a church, that's one thing, the superficial. But if you are here to engage, to meet the Lord Jesus Christ, his presence in this place, to be encouraged and edified, to grow, to be made whole, that is the main thing. That's not superficial. It's not to touch the things connected to him, but to touch him that makes the difference. Jesus desires that we confess him and when he makes us whole. You see, Jesus looks for our response. Sometimes you might remember that when I offer an invitation at the end of the service, my desire is for you to respond to the invitation. And I don't care if it's a public response or if it's a private response where you are, where you're singing or in the pew, but there's got to be some kind of response. That's what he's looking for. What did the Spirit of God say to you during this time of worship, of music, and of the, the preaching of the Word? What is God saying to you that you apply? And how will you respond to what God is saying to you? That's the invitation to you. He does not desire to save us from ourselves by an impersonal religious transaction. He wants it to be personal. And that's why he speaks to you when we gather together. That's why he speaks to you when you're in your personal devotion time. That's why he speaks to you when you are praying. Because he wants that personal touch because he knows you. You see, he desires a permanent relationship with those that he heals. He doesn't want a superficial one. He wants a relationship that is personal. And he says, I know you. I love you. No matter if your faith is imperfect, I love you like you are. Come to me. I will heal you, he says. We cannot steal healing behind his back and go away from him. We may fear public confession. This woman feared to identify herself because of her natural inclinations. Maybe she was, she was embarrassed. Maybe she knew that uh, socially, if people knew what had happened, she might be even a greater outcast. We don't know the situation, but she didn't want to do this in a public setting. All she wanted to do was quietly touch his robe. You notice that Jesus did not ask her to state what was wrong with her. He didn't say, I want you to tell me the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. 
The Bible says that when he was looking around and asked, who touched me? That's all he asked. Who touched me? And because she had been made complete, she came trembling with fear. And she on her own told the whole story. You see, he simply wanted her to confess that he was the one who healed her. That's what confession is. When Jesus heals us, whether it be something physically or emotionally or especially spiritually, we need to acknowledge that he's the one that did it. And we didn't do it on our own. She had tried everything else. So she was willing to tell the whole story that Jesus, you are the one. And Jesus confirms our wholeness when we confess him. You see that her public confession brought about his confirmation. He said in verse 34, your faith has healed you. Even though it was imperfect faith, he said, your faith healed you. And that's what happens to us. When we come to know and realize that Jesus is the Savior, he's the Son of God, and we, we believe in him in that way, all of a sudden, we are confessing that. We're saying he's the only one. And it's our faith that heals us. Our faith that Jesus is the Savior. Hidden discipleship lacks that kind of assurance. We want to be private Christians. We don't want to be public about who we are. But you see, Jesus gave her even more. Verse 34, he said, go in peace, shalom. That term is a beautiful term. It's not only the peace of God, it is that. But it has the idea of completeness. Jesus sent her away with total personal well-being. Complete. Totally. Not only physically, but spiritually as well. And that's what Jesus wants to do for you. He'll do the same for you if you touch him by faith and confess him openly. And in our invitation, I'm asking you to do that. If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, right in the pew where you are, you don't trust that pew, but you can trust Jesus. And you just respond to him in that pew where you are. If you're a believer and you realize that, man, you've tried everything other than Jesus, then you might want to rededicate yourself and say, man, I'm, I'm going to be on fire for him. You recommit yourself to him. Today's the day for you to, to say, you know what, I want to be a part of this church. And in a public way, you want to come forward, we would invite you to and we would welcome you. It's all about what Jesus is saying to you today. But I would ask you, confess him. Confess that he's the one who has healed you. Or he's the one who can heal you if you don't know him yet. Father, as we move to our invitation, we just ask that we would have the kind of faith that this woman had. Everything that she had been through. Every area that she had sought, every advice and doctor that she had gone to, it came up worse. And in her hopeless situation, she found you. 
And with the faith that she did have, she touched your garment. And God, I pray that today, as we're all here, you know each one of us, you know the struggles that everyone's going through. And I would ask that we would respond with this kind of faith and confess that you're going to heal us. And that, Father, spiritually, you will make us whole. So whatever decision is made, God, I pray that we'll hear those words. Go in peace, shalom. You're complete before any of us leaves today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you would stand and let's sing our invitation. Jesus is Savior and Lord, my hope, my glory, my all. Wonderful master in joy and in strife, on him you too may call. Jesus is Lord of all. Jesus is Lord of all. Lord of my thoughts and my service each day, Jesus is Lord of all. Blessed Redeemer, all glorious King, worthy of reverence I pay. Tribute and praises I joyfully bring to Him the life, the way. Jesus is Lord of all, Jesus is Lord of all, Lord of my thoughts and my service each day, Jesus is Lord of all. Will you surrender your all to him now, follow his will and obey? Crown him as Savior, for his own bow, give him your heart today. Jesus is Lord of all, Jesus is Lord of all. Thoughts and my service each day, Jesus is Lord of all. Jesus is Savior and Lord of my life, my hope, my glory, my all. Wonderful Master in joy and in strife, on Him you too may call. Jesus is Lord of all, Jesus is Lord of all. Lord of my thoughts and my service each day, Jesus is Lord of all. Why don't you go ahead and be seated if you would, okay? There are beautiful flowers on the altar table today. 
Those are provided by Sharon and Bob Vogt in celebration of their 50th wedding anniversary next Friday the 19th. Congratulations and thank you. There are two sign-up sheets in both lobbies, one for the movie lunch, which will be a week from Thursday, and the second for the Experiencing God study, which Dr. Kennedy will be starting on June the 8th. You'll see information about that in the bulletin, along with other things in the bulletin that I encourage you to take note of. Put your bulletin on the refrigerator or another place that you visit often and take advantage of the things that are upcoming for you. Thank you. Nancy, thank you for that. I hadn't thought about that. Places that you visit often at your, at your house. This morning we have uh, some who have come to, uh, to be a part of our church family. And I wonder, uh, Ken, Nadine, why don't you come up here for just a moment if you would. This is Ken and Nadine Flash, and they've been coming for a while and uh, making a transition from a sister church in our region. Uh, they moved right here, and uh, this is close, very close, and already engaged in some things. Nadine's in the choir, and, and uh, Ken was out uh, building shelves at 6 o'clock uh, a couple Saturdays ago, so we appreciate that very much. Great folks. Uh, we've had some good conversations. I see, I see your, uh, your band-aid there. One of your heroes? Yeah, Toy Story. I like that. I actually have a lot of those myself because I have grandkids. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, it is so good to have y'all, and I know you've been very active in, uh, in your church uh, through the years, and we're just so excited to have you. All in favor of accepting the flashes, if you do that by the sign I, please. If you're against that, the sign no. Uh, once again, we no knows. That's good. Uh, which Bible study class are you uh, looking at well Jake David where's David at oh Dave yeah you're over there would you like to designate somebody to come stand with him you'll come okay all right well come on down David's a good guy good teacher yeah he is he's gonna stand right beside you okay Ken Bonnie would you mind coming over this direction thank you so much this is Bonnie Reinhardt, and Bonnie uh, is also coming from a church in our region, one of our uh, sister churches, and so we're so excited to have you. As always, you know, it's hard to leave churches that we have been a part of for a long time uh, because no church is the same, and uh, you can't find what you left where we are. That's just the way it is, but Bonnie has, uh, like the flashes, you know what? We feel God leading us here to be involved and engaged in the ministry. So we are looking forward to that, Miss Bonnie. All in favor of accepting her, if you would show that by the sign I. And if you're against that, the sign no. Okay, all right. And have you found a Bible study class? Okay, okay. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask uh, Miss Wee, if you would, to come and stand beside Miss Bonnie. Surprise! Yeah. <laughs> We is, is uh, the, the teacher of our ladies' class, yes. You, you, you go to any class that you want, try them all. I encourage them to try all six of our classes. Guys, you can't try the women's class, but uh, <laughs> anyway, we look forward to that. All right, uh, why don't we stand, have our closing prayer. 
uh, I think we do have uh, an announcement honoring our ladies today, right? Yes. So uh, enjoy that and uh, then come and give each of these the right hand of Christian fellowship as you leave. Because if you come down this way, there will be plenty of your special gifts, ladies, on that door as well. Okay. And when they come, they're going to give you the right hand of Christian fellowship saying, welcome to your church family. And secondly, we're going to be praying with you and working beside you in these days ahead. Okay. Bill Swinney is going to lead us in our closing prayer, but ladies, make sure that you get a gift before you leave today. Before I do the prayer, I just want to thank everyone, <coughs> excuse me, for your prayers for me and my knee ordeal. <laughs> uh, it, things are going very well. I have one more week of therapy, and then uh, my wife will let me have the car again. But <laughs> anyway, I, my heart out to you. Thank you so much. May we pray. Heavenly Father, as we have heard the touch, I'm reminded of the song, He Touched Me. He touches us each day. Lord, thank you for your touch to us. May we go forward and show this love that we have for you to others around us so that we all may be blessed by your word and by your son our lord jesus christ in whose name we ask it amen